quote this morning that said, you know, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. And, you know, we've heard that probably before in many different ways, but it's so true. We have a filter. And um, somebody else posted recently, you know, our, our vision is actually only compiled 10% from our eyes. The rest, the 90% of what we see in the world, our brain makes up. All right, what's going on, Positive Input Podcast? It's early morning, and Nick and I are with Chelsea today, and we couldn't be more excited. And we are really excited to have Chelsea on here because I believe she is actually our first female guest. And more importantly, she has a very awesome background. She does a tremendous amount of crazy and awesome things around the world. Um, so I'm really excited to open up the mic to her today and kind of let her tell her story and maybe to even touch on how you actually got yourself doing yoga on yachts. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for having me here. Um, it's it's truly an honor. And yeah, I, I my name is Chelsea. I'll just dive right in. Um, Really long story, really short, but still very interesting. I started teaching yoga in 2013. Um, I had graduated college in 2008, of course, the year the economy crashed. And at the time, I was chasing the business card and the money. That was it. I wanted to be some powerful CEO. I didn't even really know what that looked like. And I wanted to make a ton of money, and I wanted some fancy business card. That's all I cared about. Um, that didn't work, <laughs> nope. especially at a time when the economy was just really struggling and my first few jobs I got laid off of because people saw potential in me, but then they couldn't pay me anymore and it just was a real struggle. I went into sales because I had a psychology and a business background, so sales was something that came naturally for me. I had this ability to connect with people very quickly and very deeply. So when I reflect back on my life, there are still trends, little pearls, little beads that weave throughout all of my life, and that, that is one of them. I got married two years later with a lot of love, and then six years after that, we got divorced, <laughs> mm. also with a lot of love. And... During the time that we were married, I became a yoga teacher, and that was sort of one of the first moments of throwing everything out the window, I'm letting go of things that I thought I knew to be true of my, about myself and my life at the time, and in all transparency, I went and did an ayahuasca retreat for a weekend, <laughs> <No> <laughs> and it was during that time that it was, it was, it was like a calling I don't know how else to put it. Maybe it was just this really deep, deep-seated feeling of really knowing in my heart that this was my path. And for many years, because I was so blinded of chasing the money and chasing that business card, that going on a path of spiritual, physical, emotional leadership wasn't really on the scale for me until I was ready to be open to that possibility. So six months after that experience, I was on a plane to Costa Rica and spent a month becoming a yoga teacher and just really started peeling back all of the layers of everything, everything that I thought I believed about my life. That was 2013. So again, fast forward um, to a couple of years ago, 2015, 
uh, was sort of the second layer of this unraveling. So my partner and I decided to go our separate ways. And it was a time where I really just said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be uncomfortable. I'm ready to make this change in my life. Going through a divorce, which is for sure traumatic in many different levels, for me in particular, it brought up a lot of childhood traumatic emotions that I had suppressed for a very long time. Those were all around abandonment and scarcity. Um, my father left, we lost our home. That planted seeds of, again, making money is hard and it's only meant for certain people in this life and there's not enough of the good things to go around for everyone. So it was this really deep-seated beliefs uh, and mindset rooted in scarcity. So going through that divorce sort of was like this opportunity to crack open this egg even more and peel back the layers even more. And I mean, one day in tears and sweat on my yoga mat, literally just on my knees, I just said, you know, I am ready. I'm ready to say yes to whatever is next. And I had been living in Charleston, South Carolina for 11 years at this point. I had felt like my time there, though I had a community and I was comfortable, I, I felt like my time there was starting to come to an end. Especially, you know, I went to college there, I worked there, I was married there, we had mutual friends, he still lives there. It was just, it was just ready, I was ready to move on again. Right, that makes sense. And it, and it happened sort of the same way that my epiphany has happened, uh, happened about yoga teaching. I was driving to the studio one day and a mutual teacher and a friend of mine had been in yachting for most of her 20s and now she was on the other side of it. She was teaching yoga full time at the studio that I was also teaching at. And I had read her blogs and that seed had kind of been planted a little bit. My father is a deep sea fisherman so I grew up on the water and it just felt, it felt familiar. Mm -hmm. So on the way to the studio one day, I was sort of in one of those moments where I was not ready to teach. I was feeling really sad and really kind of down in the pits of emotion of what was happening in my life and feeling a bit victimized and that was it. It literally was like a lightning bolt. You have to move on to a boat. That was the exact words that I heard. So I pulled over and I called Amanda and I said, I need to move on to a boat. How do I do it? And she said, Chelsea, I've had this conversation with about 30 people and not one person has ever followed through but I'm willing to have this conversation with you. But just so you know, there's a few things that we have to talk about first. And I said, I will be the first one to follow through, trust me. And the three main things that she said was, number one, you can only move on board with a suitcase. So what are you gonna do with all your stuff? <laughs> Pack light. <laughs> yeah. Number two, you have to go to South Florida and invest $1,000 in education before you can legally move on board. There's a safety course that you have to take. So are you prepared to do that? And lastly, you have to commit at least a year. And you know, then she said, well, you don't have to, but I would highly recommend it. You have to give it a chance for at least a year. So is that something you're prepared to do? And at that point, I had nothing to lose. So I, we had, I had already moved out of my house with my ex. I was in a one bedroom apartment, sort of just like coasting through life. And I said, yes, again, I'm ready to say yes. So I opened to the invitation and I found someone to sublet my house all within, that was in June. By July, I was working. I found somebody to cover all my yoga classes. 
the month of August, I had to find a new home for my kitty, which was like the hardest part of the whole thing. I sold all my belongings. I put a few little, it was sort of my like, if this yachting thing fails insurance into a storage unit, which now is gone too. I've gotten rid of all those as well. And that was it. I packed my suitcase and I drove down to South Florida. And that was it. That was four years ago. And when I got to South Florida, um, I pretty much, there was sort of a mindset that was happening, you know, prior to me talking to Amanda, you know, I, I said, not only am I ready, but I really said out loud, and this is, this is important for anybody, I think going through transition, it might be valuable for anybody listening to this is state what it is that you want, even if you don't know exactly what it looks like. And what I wanted at the time was I wanted to travel the world. I wanted to teach yoga and I wanted to make money doing it. I didn't exactly know how that was going to fall together, but those were the three requirements <laughs> that I, that I wanted. And sure enough, yachting checked all those boxes and I put myself right in the midst of it all at the right time. And my first interview I got, I got hired before I even finished my course on one of the most prestigious charter yachts in the industry. And here I am four years later. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it sounds yeah. like it's, you've just gone through like these series of your lives that have, you know, related to your childhood and then your adult life that have just been what you may call obviously the rock bottom, you know, and what and just needed a change. You know, you were in North Carolina, you know, your father and stuff like that, a scarcity mindset, and you just need to make a change. And it sounds like you made that change in terms of not chasing money and not chasing the CEO and, you know, big boss status, but more so figuring out what's going to make you happy in the long run. Yeah, it's, it's been a, a beautiful process of slowly unraveling, yeah. right? And being open to just letting go of all of the things that I thought created me, you know, and all of the beliefs that I thought made me strong or made me who I was and surrendering, really just surrendering to the things and the events and the people in my life that we're there for a reason. And I think the biggest shift for me in that, in that mindset transition and through it all was really trusting that these things are not happening to me in life, but they're happening for me. And some people might say, oh, that's just semantics. Those are just words. But I would maybe venture to say that that person is maybe still living in a scarcity mindset because actually words have power and mm -hmm. words have vibrations, just like everything else in our life that resonates. And if these words resonate with you, even in one way or, or another, then lean into that. Lean into the discomfort. Lean into those times where you're feeling a little unsure. And as long as you're willing and willing to surrender and then also willing to trust that there is definitely something bigger in the works that is working in your favor, I mean, so far so good for yeah. me. I don't know. Right, <laughs> right. You just got to like trust your gut and let the rest fall into place, you know, and it's just, I think that's what's going to happen too is you're going to feel uncomfortable during that process, but I think if you feel uncomfortable and you know mentally that's, you know, you're going toward the right direction, then that's, you know, kind of a double win, you know. Right. Yes, absolutely. You have to trust, you have to lean in, you have to be willing, and that was one of the big things that, you know, my yoga students, when I decided to leave and, and join a yacht, they would say to me, why are you doing this? You know, they kind of knew that there was some changes happening in my life. I, and I never delved into like the details of the drama, but 
what I think was important at the time was I was willing to be vulnerable in the human emotions about it and, you know, connecting with each other on that vulnerable level and then people being willing to meet that vulnerability with a sense of empathy and understanding. And a few of my students that have become friends, you know, they came to me and said, why, why are you doing this? And I said, I am ready to be uncomfortable, right? As, as if going through a divorce wasn't uncomfortable enough. <laughs> right. But I was ready to put myself in a position where I felt like a beginner again, mm-hmm. or I, I was seeing new places and meeting new people because in my little nest, I was supported and, and it was beautiful. But I knew that for my deep, deep healing through this divorce, I needed to put myself in a place where I could discover parts of me that were different than how I had defined myself at the time and amongst this beautiful community. Right. That was my process. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend that for someone who feels really supported and and loved in a place. And if yeah, but, that's what you need. Yeah, but that's always gonna. That's it. all. That can always be there, though. That can always be there. I mean, you still have those same people, or probably a lot of those same people, you know. But you don't have your whole life to go on this adventure and follow what actually like makes sense for you, you know. Like you can always sit there in comfort, but that's not always going to lead you to where you want to go. Exactly. It's. It's always staying in this place of curiosity, right? If you can just continue to stay curious about, first and foremost, yourself, your body, your emotions, your own experiences, then there's no room for judgment. And then that ripples out to other people. If I stay curious about you guys, Jeff and Nick, I can't judge you. There's no room for judgment when curiosity is the first thought is the first primary emotion and it's the same thing for our own lives and experiences if we say wow okay this is how I'm feeling I'm really curious about that you know I wonder why or you know when I eat this certain thing this is how I feel hmm let me get curious about that or you know my body's feeling a certain way or I'm, I'm holding on to maybe a little bit of excess here or there Rather than saying, oh, I hate my body and what it's doing and these reactions and I'm so annoyed and why is it fighting against me? It's, well, maybe we can shift that mindset and say, well, let me get curious about the messages that my body is trying to share with me because my body doesn't have words. It only has other means of expressing things to me. So if I begin to get curious about them, I can start to dig through the layers and then from that place, I can start to choose empowered actions to change my current experience interesting yeah yeah it's almost like curiosity just allows you to remove the filters of your own ego in a way and i I read a quote this morning that said you know we don't see the world as it is we see the world as we are and you know we've heard that probably before in many different ways but it's so true we have a filter and um somebody else posted recently you know our, our vision is actually only compiled 10% from our eyes. The rest, the 90% of what we see in the world, our brain makes up. (laughs) It's all your perception. And that's why I think that, like you said, like being curious about yourself and just constantly figuring yourself out will continue to allow you to evolve not only your self-perception, but your perception of the world and your surroundings too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then it all circles back around to that, are you willing Are you willing to be a little bit uncomfortable? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to do the exploration that it might take to get to where you want to be? Because trust me, I mean, I I say the story now that I'm on the other side of it and it sounds like 
whoa, because I'm pointing out sort of the big pivotal parts. But in reality, I mean, I was down in the trenches in the emotions for a very long time. And the only reason why I was able to crawl out of those trenches as I did was because I was willing to get in them. I, I wasn't interested in numbing them out or pretending they didn't exist or coping with them in any other way other than just feeling them. Let me just feel these emotions. And whatever that looks like, some days I'd be really energized and go working out, and other days I'd be on the couch in sweatpants for days eating pizza. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, so one th that, that actually leads me to a decent point. So one thing that I've noticed about you and one thing I've noticed about myself even as of late too is that, you know, you're a very intuitive person, you know, like you do as you're feeling. And that's something that we talked about in our first conversation. So how do you feel that intuition has affected your life and has it sort of been not only like an effect more of like a beacon on your life? I love this question. So... I won't make it too long because intuition is something for me that is so important. And the reason why it's important for me is because my intuition is my direct link, link to a higher power. For me, my intuition is that spirit speaking directly to me. So for me, who am I to question that? Right. You know, who am I to question those gut instincts? And the way that I started fine-tuning my intuition, which now I consider like my superpower, it's like... I mean, I say it's bizarre, but I'm really not even surprised at it anymore, which is why it's like little things like, oh, I had this thought that I should go double check the bathroom before I leave the hotel room. Now I have everything and I leave and I'm driving down the road and I realize I forgot my toothbrush. And I'm like, oh, I knew I told myself I should have gone and checked the bathroom. It's, it's little practices like that where you start recognizing them. So if somebody is in a point, you know, maybe one of someone who's listening here is interested in kind of fine-tuning or leaning into their intuition or exploring what that even means. Where it started for me was paying attention to synchronistic events. And we chatted about synchronicity on our last call. And mm -hmm. synchronicity, I believe, came from Carl Jung. I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, a philosopher who basically said that you know two seemingly unrelated and random events are bizarrely related somehow in some random way right so an example would be like somebody reaches out to me to talk about intuition on a podcast this actually happened a few months back the whole podcast was about intuition and she said i i'd like to talk to you about this her name was donna my mom's name is donna and i don't know anybody else in the world whose name is donna and it's also like a generational thing like she was my age and her name was Donna. So that is a synchronistic event where it's the universe is telling you that you're in the right place at the right time. And it's sharing this message with you in a way where you're, you're going to pay attention and you're going to say like, Oh wow, that's, that's kind of weird. I've never met another Donna besides my mom. And that's your name. And we're talking about the intuition. Like this isn't a, this isn't an accident. Right. So I started having that conversation with one of my best friends back the year that I got married, actually, in 2010. And I remember it specifically because we would go deep into these conversations of, oh my gosh, this happened, and then this happened, and we would get chills all over our bodies, and it would be a really visceral experience. And the more that we leaned into it, the more that we started talking about it, the more that these random synchronistic events started happening, you know, we started paying attention more to these signs. And then 
it got to a point where I felt like I was able to sort of not predict, not predict the future, but you know, my intuition would start being like, Oh, you know, this is right. And then a synchronistic event would affirm that for me. So I started correlating those two feelings like, okay, the more I lean into these messages, the more my intuition is speaking to me. At the same time this year, I also decided to lean into um, help from a holistic nutritionist. So I'm sort of shifting a little bit and explaining the bigger picture of how my intuition started becoming stronger and stronger. I have had an autoimmune disease since high school. Psoriasis started manifesting in my body and that was all deeply rooted because of you know, seeking acceptance through the um, approval of other people. And I was a straight A student and did all the clubs and all the sports and all the things. And the stress um, led to autoimmune disease in my body. When I started now seeking help from this holistic nutritionist to say, right, I have this feeling, this gut feeling that I can manage these symptoms through health and wellness because I'm tired of feeling bloated, I'm tired of having rashes on my skin, my dermatologist just keeps giving me different creams and he's not helping me any more than that. He doesn't have any more information to give me except for my, my immune system is attacking myself, which that made me feel guilty and shameful. Like, why has my body turned against me? What am I doing wrong? So layers of guilt and shame, which by the way, not the case. Right. <laughs> So all at the same time, I started leaning into my health and wellness. I started recognizing synchronistic events in my life. I started getting my gut clean. So my gut instincts started getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And I realized like, and now this is the root of, this is a core value of mine and all of my coaching and all of my teaching. The way that we do one thing is absolutely the way that we do everything. So our spiritual connection is directly related to how we look at our bodies and how we feel within our bodies and what is the state of our gut health and how is our low energy levels affecting our career or our relationships with our partners or our friends. So where we're showing up in our lives is going to affect us one way or the other and all of the pie of our life. Interesting. So that was basically the long story of how I harnessed and, and fine-tuned my intuition and then that is what eventually led me back to a sense of spiritual connection and that trust that there is a bigger power working in our favor because that for me was the missing link for many years um, of course growing up in a broken household I was resentful um, friends who took their own lives at young ages and then other friends that were killed by drunk drivers they fed beliefs of you know, again, that scarcity, things are happening for me and there's no God up there. How can that be? So allowing myself to lean into my intuition then gave me the permission slip to then reconnect with this higher power, which gave me the confidence to surrender and to trust the process. And the more I did that, the easier life got. <laughs> Interesting, right? I was no longer resisting. I was no longer like aching and in pain. I was just... I was downstream as opposed to like fighting upstream without you just a Just let it flow, right? Just let it, it flow. flow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I guess one thing that I've like noticed just from like a third party's perspective, um, it seemed like, yeah, there's a part of your life where you were unsure about making moves, but there was, it seemed like there's a really big change when you just fully committed. You're 100% in, 
do or die, even to the point where you're purging, you know, belongings to take your journey. And I think, have you, you know, how have you seen like commitment play a change in your life? Yes, such a beautiful question. Thank you for that. Commitment is the only thing that matters. That's it. Just show up. And even now, you know, where I'm at now in my life and launching a business, a coaching business, kind of transitioning out of life at sea and potentially back to land, a lot of those feelings inevitably stir again, those fear thoughts, those scarcity thoughts. And if I, I find if I just keep telling myself, just keep showing up, just commit to showing up every day and whatever that looks like, uh, we talked about this last time too, Jeff. It's like a little bit every single day for me really, really works. And if I do that, then life continues to flow because guess what? Two things can happen. You can either share your story the way that you want to or someone else is going to do it for you, period. Because life is going to keep happening whether you decide to show up or not. So if you commit to your yoga practice, your workout, your health and wellness, your spiritual devotion, your partners in your life, your children, your work. Now, it's a little bit different, again, than the grind or feeling depleted or feeling like you should or you have to. But it's more so coming from the sense of, I want to feel empowered in my life and I want to tell my story from my perspective and I don't want anybody else to do it for me. So I know that if I stay committed to my well-being, to my own healing, if I show up for myself consistently, then everybody else in my life I know will benefit. Because once I start being inconsistent with my own heart, my own soul, then it's impossible for me to be consistent with anyone else in my life, period. It's, it takes self-care to a whole new level. You know, self-care is not just going and getting a massage or a manicure. Sure, that could be part of it. But self-care is really honoring what feels good. <laughs> right. And again, trusting, just like you said, I mean, I had nothing to lose at that point. So for me, it wasn't scary to try this new thing. I mean, I take it back. I was, I was petrified. But I knew, I, I kept coming back to the question of what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that could happen was I drive to Florida, I don't get a job, I move back to an apartment here in, in Charleston and I take out my mattress, I put it on a floor in a one-bedroom place and I pick up right where I left off. Right. It's always going to be there. It's always going to yeah. be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah, I like, I just like how you bring like everything in your life like back together. Like it all seems to kind of just, you know, it all circles back to taking care of yourself and really, really finding like your own self beliefs and like just committing to that too. Like you said, like, like, I think I like what you said just there too, where you said life's going to show up whether you do or not, you know? So, you know, you're going to, you're going to wake up when you're 40 someday. And if you didn't show up for all those years, it doesn't matter because life's going to show up anyway, you know? So it's like, that's a very good way to look at it. So the least you can do is at least show up for yourself. Right. Yes. It's, it's the only thing that you can do. It should be number one. And that can be hard. You know, it's, it's, I'm saying this because it's important to remember that, I'm, you know, we're all human. Life happens and it can be very challenging to be consistent. And the beautiful things about our brains is that they're really good at doing what they do. So when we have a belief 
are our brains actually look for evidence to prove that belief correct. So if we have this belief that we will never hit a certain salary mark, our subconscious will actually work to mess things up for us in ways that won't allow us, we won't allow ourselves to see that benchmark that we really want because subconsciously we really don't believe it, that it could ever happen. So as a coach, you know, accountability is that number one priority for me. Because at the end of the day, if I'm working with somebody as a client, it's not my role to get them on my belief system. I'm here to get onto your map. I'm here to look at and get curious about the tools that you're using to navigate your life. And if you come to me willingly and saying, listen, Chelsea, this is where I want to be consistent and I'm struggling to do that and I either don't know why or I do know why and I need help doing that, that's when that accountability can come into play. So I was lucky enough at these times of you know fear or I mean really just fear to lean into my friends and say this is what's happening and I need advice or I need help or can you please text me and make sure that I showed up to this place because this is my intention, this is what I want to do but my brain will give me every excuse in the book to not do it (laughs) because there's a limiting belief there that's telling me that actually I'm not good enough, I don't deserve the things that I really want and that life is hard. (laughs) So bringing awareness to these limiting beliefs is number one and then setting up accountability so that way you can be consistent every single day is so important. I have coaches, you know, I have therapists, I have people in my life that hold me to those things. And if there's a day that I can't show up fully, I'm, I'm vulnerable about that too. I'm transparent about that. You know, hey, listen, I'm here, I showed up, but life is happening today and this is actually how I'm feeling today. You know, then we meet each other where we're at and we reassess, period. Yeah. Be... I still showed up though. I showed up hey, how I am. You still showed up though, that's right. Yeah. You just got to be brutally yeah. honest with yourself. You know what? Actually, um, after talking to you for this, you know, whatever, however long we've been on here in the first conversation, everything kind of just clicked for me with you. And what, I, what I've learned is this, is that you teach yoga in the same way you teach coaching. Like you just said you want to put yourself on someone on like someone else's mat. And like when you're teaching yoga, you're, you're teaching and you're coaching, but you're on your own mat. You're in your own lane. You know what I mean? So it's all, I know why you teach yoga now. It all makes sense. It's actually incredible how it all literally circles back. I have to say first thank you for that because my yoga practice was the root of how I run my business now and listen to get out of our brain we have to get into our body and it in order to have control of our lives the way we want it to be we have to learn how to control or have power over the decisions in relationship to our body so again showing up to the yoga mat is the hard part once you're there you're just there So that commitment, again, is the hard part. But once we get to the yoga mat, once the hard part is over, now we have an opportunity to say, okay, let's get physical. Let's pay attention to our breath and feel how it feels to breathe in and down. Where is the discomfort in your physical body? And let's lean into that. But let's not go too far because we don't want to injure ourselves. So let's know when we need to back off. It becomes this very powerful practice of 
learning to lean in and learning when to back out. So by physically learning how to control where to lean into discomfort, where to stretch ourselves, where to pull back, we can then take that off the yoga mat and say, okay, in my life, now, where would I like to lean into discomfort? Where do I need to adjust or shift or change the shape or how I approach a situation? Everything in life is about stimulus and reaction, right? On a yoga mat, the stimulus is lift your arm. The reaction is the sensation in my arm. Or the mind habits that start to happen. I'm lifting my arm this way because this injury, or I can only do this because this injury, or this feels this way. We attach a story to it, right? So when we create a moment where we can pause between stimulus and reaction, and as we can elongate that pause on or off the yoga mat, now we have power. Now we have a moment to reassess, we have gained back that victim mentality that this is happening because somebody else stimulus stimulated me to be reacting this way. Now I've just gained back my power. So now there's stimulus. I'm not just going to react. I'm going to pause, gain back my power, and act mindfully in the way that I prefer to act on and off the yoga mat. So, yeah, I mean, this is... It's the root of everything. It's the same thing in my, my health coaching. If you want to trust your gut instinct, we have to start with your gut. we got to get your gut clean. We have to look at our relationship to food in a loving, curious, kind way because it's never about the food, ever. <laughs> right. It's about something much, much deeper. And, you know, guys, at the end of the day, we're just doing the best that we can to manage the traumas we've experienced in life with the tools that we've been given. And for whatever reason, people have different tools. Some are shinier, some are sharper, some fit certain screws better than others. And once we're aware of that, then we can open the toolbox and say, okay, I'm ready to throw away some of these old ones. I'm ready to put in some new ones and I'm ready to reassess how I map out my life based on my tools that I now have to cope with the stresses and the traumas and the triggers of my life. That's phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, that was beautiful. Well, how do you how do you incorporate? Uh, med do you do meditation? How do you incorporate meditating and stuff like that within all this? I do. So for me, for a long time, I always thought that meditation should look a certain way, right? <laughs> it had to be at four a.m. and I had to really sit for an hour, and it had to be this like crazy morning routine, or I had to like sit a certain way, and I had all these rules around meditation. And once I realized that, I mean, obviously, if you can't tell, I'm a rule breaker. We talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. Once I realized I had rules about the way that meditation should be, now all of a sudden meditation became easeful. So for me, my meditation practice um, is always guided because I really like a guided practice. I use a few free apps. One of them is Insight Timer. Another one is Calm. Um, I use them for different things. I highly recommend both of them. I gain nothing from that plug. It's literally just has benefited my own life. <laughs> right, right. Um, sometimes it's just music. Sometimes it's an actual guided meditation. And for me, midday check-ins have when I notice that are the most beneficial for me. 
mid-afternoon, I always get a little bit of an energetic low. Um, it's, it's a perfect time for me to just, I mean, and they're usually four minutes, four or five minutes. The other day it was in my car at my steering wheel at a parking lot because I had just left Whole Foods where I had been working all morning. So I thought, right, before I get on the road and drive, I'm going to put on a four-minute guided meditation and reset. So I think giving ourselves permission to mindfully check in with ourselves as it feels good for us is the way that is one of probably many ways that we could approach a meditation or a mindfulness practice that now it's not one more thing on my list that I have to do. Right. <laughs> and listen, if you're saying I don't have time to meditate, that means, you know, that means you should meditate. <laughs> that means you need to make time to meditate. Yeah. Meditation gives time. It doesn't take time. Yeah. And again, even if it's at a traffic light, I mean, keep your eyes open, don't close them, but take three deep breaths. Don't feel like you have to be doing something all the time, checking your phone, checking your lipstick, eating a snack, like just be and breathe deeply. Three deep breaths. I do that as I'm driving. It's like it's a it's a mindfulness practice that becomes one big moving meditation. And at the end of the day, that's what the physical asana yoga practice is. The physical practice is prepped to be able to sit still and meditate, but the practice itself is a moving meditation. It's about becoming aware of your thoughts and choosing to let them go rather than clinging on to them. And there's other tools that, be, that can be helpful. You know, the, the monkey mind needs a banana to sit quiet for a minute. Otherwise, it's just going to be grasping and jumping from branch to branch to branch and laughing and poking at you and doing all the frisky things that monkeys like to do, right? right? You give the monkey mind a banana, it'll sit quietly eating the banana for a few minutes. So a mantra can be really helpful. And something really simple can be simply a sound. Or sometimes our mind needs a little bit more of a hefty banana, like I am. I am peace. I am calm. I am, I am, I am. And just repeat, breathe in one word and breathe out one word. If you find that English words are making you think more, use some other, I mean, Sanskrit is a great language because it's just sounds, sat, nam. Sat as you breathe in, nam as you breathe out. It means I am. Now, these are just really simple tools that can help you maybe begin to I don't even like to say quieting your mind. Your, your, your brain is not meant to be silent. That means you'd be six feet under the ground, right? Mm -hmm. It's about training your mind and becoming mindful in everything that you're doing. There's a book, I think it's called Three, Three Cups of Tea or Three Little Cups. Oh, I can't remember. But the moral of the story is if you're, if you're washing a cup of tea, simply wash the cup of tea. Observe the cup of tea. What does it look like? What does it feel like? And again, I take this practice into my health coaching practice. Mindfully eat. I mean, honestly, guys, do you know how many times the average person chews their food? Take a guess. Before they swallow? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's crazier in America. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me think. I don't let me know. Probably you take a bite. Like 20. You chew a few times. I would say swallow. like. What do you think the average I would say like is? 8 to 12. Somewhere in there. That's a pretty good guess, Nick. What do you think? I would almost. I guess it depends on the food, but probably twenty. Wow, the average chew is 
Three. Three. Wow. Really? Choose. Chew, 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 swallow. And then before you even swallow, you have your next bite ready to roll. And right. Right. Interesting. The practice of mindful eating. Eating is a meditation as well, right? Like, what does it look like? What What does it feel like? What does it smell like? What What is the atmosphere that you're in? What is the state? Are you in a rest and digest state? Are you in a parasympathetic nervous system state? What is your central nervous system doing right now? Are you in fight or flight? Because physiologically, when you're in fight or flight, your digestion is the first thing to shut down, period. Blood goes to your limbs, blood goes to your eyes, blood goes to your heart, so you can run really fast from a saber-toothed tiger. But today's saber-toothed tigers are traffic and meetings and in-laws <laughs> right. and we're sitting we're not running we sit down to eat our big big overly sized meal and we're ready to run from a tiger and we're inhaling so it brings it all down to digestion again no wonder why we get bloated and have gastrointestinal problems because my body physically cannot digest that food so yeah. That kind of we went off a little bit there. No, but it no, no. It back. That, that's good though. I mean, it just seems like you know, especially with like society nowadays and how everything is just go, 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 go. Everything just happens. Everything we do is in that mindset. It's all about you know how much can we get done, how fast can we do this. You know, I need to eat my food really fast so I can get back to work because I'm not even thinking about eating. I'm already thinking about the work I got to do. And so it's just like what you're good at and what I think your you know your life is really reflective of is just. Being in the moment and letting yourself be you, you know, finding the joy in all these little things, even if it is just washing a cup of tea or sitting in your bed or sitting in a chair and meditating and just breathing. And like, that's the one thing I took away from my first conversation was just be, you know, because it's like, it's so easy to just go, 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 but it's okay to just live. It's okay to just sit around and just think and breathe and just be alive. It's not only okay, it's, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And we live in a society that praises productivity and gives raises for grinding <laughs> and we believe that power comes from a certain status or a certain network and none of that is true <laughs> and it's okay to witness where in our life we have fed into those beliefs because we live in this beautiful society at this amazing time of you know technology and growth and opportunity and again it, it circles right back around to the beginning of our conversation how can i consistently show up for all you people if i'm not showing up for myself first if how can i ever expect to raise the collective vibration or to god forbid create world peace if there's a war going inside my own heart and soul, you can't. It's impossible. Yeah, no, you gotta take care of yourself first, and that's the craziest thing about all the humans too. You know, there's what seven, eight billion of us, but it's like we're all just these. You know, collectively we're this huge asset, and we all can provide so much value. But like at our core, we we're just ourselves. The only thing we really have is ourselves. Yes, and, so and I love what you said there, Jeff. I mean, bringing it back to joy, and this is something that especially when it comes to exercise and I don't even like to call it exercise. I call it movement. 
And when it comes to movement, you know, with my clients, we work a lot around creating a joyful movement list because listen, again, I should go to how many times I should go to the gym. I need to work out or, Ooh, you know, I was really bad last night. I ate a, I ate a piece of cake. Like, no, you were not bad. You just ate some cake. Right. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You know, maybe you just need to go be naughty. Maybe you're acting out through food because you need to rebel somewhere. But guess what? What is going to give you joy? Do you enjoy walking down long walks on the beach? Do you enjoy having sex? Do you enjoy dancing? Do you enjoy riding a bike? You know, what movement gives you joy? Do that. Do that all the time. Right. Obviously, everything in moderation. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, no, no. That's the That's exactly right, though. You know, it's again comes back to the core of being you. You know, find what makes you happy, and like you said, like you know, I've, I'm guilty of it too. Nick's guilty of it too. Probably you as well. It's like you know, we's, we're sitting here, and we're just like, fuck, I should go to the gym. I've been lazy. I've been a piece of shit. You know, but it's like if being if going to the gym is a chore. Maybe going for a walk is less of a chore. Maybe riding your bike is less of a chore. Maybe walking your fucking dog is less of a chore. But like, find that movement that actually is going to be enjoyable. So then it's not a chore in your in your mentality. Yes, and start to pay attention to the words that you say to yourself. Like, oh, like even just hearing you say it, it's like I wouldn't call my best friend a piece of shit if they didn't go to the gym. Why am I going to call myself? Right, you know? right, 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 right. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to make here is like, you know, it's like, like honor your own self feelings and just be like, okay, maybe I'm not a piece of shit because I, you know, I didn't make it to the gym, but maybe that's just because mentally I don't want to go to the gym. I'd rather walk something, rather walk my dog. I'd rather go do something on like a bike, like I said. So it's like, be at, be. Bring, always bring it back to joy. Like life is too short. And, you know, I learned that a really, at a really young age and at the time, um, that deep loss was unbearable at the time. But again, it didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And now I have this sense of perspective that has allowed me to come to this place of appreciation and gratitude. And, you know, if I'm not enjoying my everyday experience, if, if, if I'm continuing to live in this place of I want something different, I want something more, I should be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. Like, let's zoom out and reevaluate. And then let's take empowered choices. And it's really hard to do by yourself. You know, support is number one. We need a community. We need each other. Because it not only takes a tribe, you know, it takes a village to raise a child, but it takes a village to be a human. <laughs> right. We, we, are, we are made to be in community. And... There are three basic needs of human beings, and that is to be safe, to be loved, and lastly, to be accepted. Think about any time in your life that felt awkward or that felt painful. You probably could bring it down to, I didn't feel loved, I didn't feel safe, or I didn't feel accepted by somebody in my life. They made me feel inadequate and like I didn't belong. We are programmed to be in a community that supports each other and that brings each other up. And I think this is a pivotal, important mindset to have when running a business, when being in a community. And, you know, there's so much of this scarcity mindset that, again, there's not enough to go around and I have to do this all by myself and I have to grind and I have to work hard. And it feeds right back into those, I should do this and I need to 
create more and produce more when in reality like maybe it just feels better to lean into my community and trust that if i continue to show up consistently vulnerably and with love and compassion then we rise together right and everything Period. else will fall in place you just got to be authentic and yeah if it makes sense and joyful for you then like like i said you're going to attract the right tribe anyway that village you want to attract you're going they're going to come find you anyway your vibe attracts your tribe, oh, my for friend. Sure. Always, 100%. <laughs> that's, that's also important, too. You know, surround yourself a way to, a cult, to cultivate this sort of abundance mindset. You know, if you're thinking like, man, this girl is off her rocker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're listening to this and just thinking like, I am, I don't even know what the hell she's talking about. You know, just begin to reassess who you're hanging out with. Who, you know, they say like, who are the five people you're around? But really, like... Who do you spend the most time with? And do they support you? Do they lift you up? Do they encourage you to be like your human 2.0, as my friend Mark Metry would say? You know, are you around people that are living their life the way that you would like to be living it? Right. And if not, that's okay. Because guess what? Shifting and transitioning and changing and this whole process of letting go Letting go of material goods, letting go of excess weight, letting go of beliefs also means letting go of toxic relationships. And that's probably going to be the hardest thing that you'll ever do in your life, um, coming from someone who's done it over and over and over again. But it gets easier, and you would be surprised how elated it feels to finally say yes to yourself. We're so used to saying yes to everybody else in our lives and saying no to our own desires and needs and wants. The first time you do it and the first time you break up with that friend of yours that you just know is bringing you down, you'll be able to breathe deeply again. And listen, we all have the answers inside of us. We all know exactly what we need. It's the follow through that can be hard. So again, that's where that support and accountability and community can really help to say, I hear you, I see you, and how can I support you during this time? Right on. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. You're actually touching on a bunch of points that even recently, you know, we're in marketing, so we try to learn a little bit about, like, psychology, but it all goes back to, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know. Yeah, people do need a tribe. People do need to feel safe, and it's all these natural reactions that allow you to be blinded to the things that are coming through. And the thing that I've noticed that is actually really like intriguing to me is that I think you're really good at being able to process and analyze the thoughts that come through your own brain. And back to like a marketing statistic, it's humans attention span is seven seconds long. So you have all these thoughts bounce around your head all day. And I think you are show a good lesson in being able to take a step back and breathe and process and analyze what really is going on. And what you yes. should act on. I'll add to that if you don't mind. Oh yeah, it's for sure. All, I'm smiling so big because this is it. This is like exactly what I'm talking about. It's all about digestion. Right? So when we think of digestion, we think of food typically, right? How are we eating? How are we assimilating nutrients? And how are we excreting toxins? Right? That's, that's typically what we think of. We're digesting, we're doing it good, or we're doing it bad. And I put air quotes here if you're listening and can't see me. It's not good or bad. It just <laughs> is what it is. Um, 
And how are we digesting our life experience? The same exact way. The way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Am I holding on to lessons that I... Am I absorbing the lessons that I could learn from this experience and letting go of the traumatic things that, I, that are not working for me anymore? Or am I not properly digesting my thoughts? Am I not properly digesting my experience? It's sort of a, it's an Ayurvedic kind of mindset. Um, it's a holistic approach, you know. If I experience trauma, how do I digest that trauma? Again, do I hold it all in and, and do I feel victimized by it? Or again, am I absorbing the lessons and excreting the toxins or letting go of the pieces of that experience that I don't need to carry with me every single day? And that's where, you know, to share, if you don't mind, my personal experience with those traumas. So when I sought out a therapist, and I also have a degree in psychology, so this kind of all comes back around, but I do believe in traditional talk therapy as well, and it's really important to be able to tell your story, but then we need to move on from telling the story. That's a different story. (laughs) (laughs) What she said to me, which was really empowering and and a realization for me that I needed to hear from an outside source, and she said, well, Chelsea, it seems like you've been through a lot in your life and at a very young age, but you don't carry that with you every single day. You don't carry those toxic feelings with you every single day and it you know because I said like yeah I've gone through these things but like I'm okay like I almost I almost needed a permission slip to just be okay and I thought man maybe there's something wrong with me because I'm not like really sad or I'm not sad is not a bad thing I'm not low vibrational right sad is actually a very good thing because I have felt very sad many times in my life but on a daily basis I vibrate high and I thought maybe something was wrong with me because of that and she said no you just have digested these experiences you've learned the lesson you've seen the bigger picture you've chosen to be empowered by these things and you've let go of all the rest you've pardon my cuss you've shat out all the stuff that's not working for you <laughs> right no exactly like you said it's just literally that and then digestion is a great way to look at it too it's like it's not like you put food and then it just stays in you forever like the good stays in the rest goes out it's the same with yeah. how you digest everything in your life that's actually a really good comparison i've never looked at it like that yeah no i like that a lot because yeah i mean digesting it's easy to see physically but mentally you know it, you can't picture it as much you know right and that's why i feel like it's a lot harder to talk on I think it's important too, it kind of like goes back to just not having like, I don't know, just in general like too, like not holding like grudges, like not having some bad experience with one person let you affect your whole relationship with them or one bad incident let you ruin your whole day. It's all, things happen and it's all about you said about how you perceive it. Exactly. And listen, it's all about the power of your digestive juices, right? Again, from a nutrition perspective, if, if your digestive fire is not a big bonfire, if it's just weak and little burning embers, anything you eat, any logs that you throw on these little embers are not going to break down. They're going to sit in there and then they're going to ferment and they're going to cause problems and you're not going to feel good. It's the same thing with emotions. You experience something in your life and if you don't have really strong tools to work through them, they're going to land in your body. They'll probably manifest as dis-ease, disease, maybe an autoimmune symptoms or something worse, (laughs) you know, 
it's, it's how are we digesting these experiences and if our tools are not strong if our digestion isn't a big fire then then we can't even begin to process things at all so again starting with the basics let's bring it back to the body let's get out of our head let's get out of our emotions and let's let's get into our belly let's get into our gut let's get into our joints and see where i can learn from that and yeah just like you said it's it's choosing to come from an abundance mindset it's all about choice if something some again people have said it's semantics but for me it's not there's so much power to be saying right this trap traffic is happening to me again and i'm stuck in this situation again or no, this traffic, traffic is happening for me because I actually needed a minute just to be with myself and I can turn the music off and I can, I can take deep, three deep breaths that I know I wouldn't have done otherwise because I'm constantly on the go. So you know what? I'm going to choose to see this as a blessing. Yeah, and that's, that's something Nick and I talk a lot about too, just you know, from a practical standpoint. It's just like, what else are you going to do? Like, what, what are you, are you going to fly away from the fucking traffic? Like, what, what other plans do you have? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I have people in my life that, you know, have come to me and just been freaking out. I was in traffic for 40 minutes. It's like, I, I, I get it, man. It's like, I've been there too, but it's like, what else are you going to do? Like, are you going to get off and go around? Like, I don't, I just don't understand. Like, don't worry about the shit you can't control. You right. know what I mean? Like, more so just like, let it be and find yourself at inner peace in those moments. You know, like, okay, like you just said, spend time with yourself. Like, don't worry about the external traffic, more focus on the internal self. Surrender. Surrender. Sur Surrender, surrender. I mean, I travel for a living. Guys, for almost four years, I've lived out of my suitcase. Someone said to me recently, so you're homeless. And I thought, oh, I've never thought about it. <laughs> you know, I feel very at home within myself and with yeah, my people. Absolutely. Technically, I don't have a home. You know, technically, I'm not on a lease anywhere. So, I mean, traveling is the best experience to where you can say, like, a lot, I missed my flight. Or this happened and that happened, or I got bumped to another flight, and all. I mean, how do you react to those stimuli? <laughs> Again, it's a choice. You, right. know, you can choose to now take these extra two hours in the airport to meditate, call your mom, you know, do those things that are on your list that you've never gotten to do. Read a book, <laughs> you know. Right. Take that. See that time as free time to now choose what you'd like to do with it, as opposed to feeling like, ugh. You know, this has happened again, and now this and that and that are going to happen. Well, maybe go to a restaurant and strike up a conversation with a stranger. Right. It's kind of like make opportunities out of everything instead of wasting your time sitting there and dwelling on it. And complaining. Yeah. Complain, yeah, right. complain, complain. I'm sorry. I have, I have no more patience for people that just want to sit and complain. I'm like, I mean, we can talk about the weather some more if you want, but why don't we have like a deep and meaningful instead? <laughs> right, right. And, and the things, and most of the time, again, it comes back to like, what are you complaining about? It's like most of the time people are complaining about stuff that either A, they're holding grudges, they're not digesting it right, or it's stuff that they literally had no control over in the first place. So it's like, I mean, you could sit there and complain that life is just happening to you, but it's just like, I mean, you had to be in that spot at the same time too, player. It's like everything happens, you know, for the same reason. And, and I just would love to throw out there as, as a sort of disclaimer too, you know, if, if you're coming from sort of this scarcity mindset or this victim mentality, you usually can't see it. You, know, you, 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 can't, you can't see it. You don't realize it. You don't even know what's happening. And you actually feel extremely justified in your actions and your reactions and your beliefs. 
well, but this actually did happen. So, like, what did, what do you mean? How can this be happening for me? Because this was a really crappy thing that happened. Like, yeah, I get it. We've all been there. <laughs> now, how are you going to choose to move forward from there? Or, you know, how are you feeling? Oh, well, I'm feeling frustrated and angry and upset. Okay, how would you prefer to be feeling? If you would prefer to continue feeling angry and upset and frustrated, by all means. Right. You. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. If you, if you would prefer to be empowered, if you would prefer to, to experience your daily life differently, I can help you do that. And I can be a mirror to you, a loving, kind mirror to you. I'm not going to judge you. Because again, when you're in the trenches, the last thing someone needs is for someone to say, well, just get the hell out. That doesn't work. Right. It just digs you deeper into those. It's like, well, just be positive. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You can't just force yourself to be high vibrational. If you're down low vibrational, you need someone to get down in the mud with you. And that, that's, that's my work. That's my mission. That's, that's what I do as a teacher and as a coach. Because I'm not here to tell you that your emotions are not valid. And that what is happening to you is not traumatic. So it's two very different things. What is happening is real and your emotions are valid and I'll get down in the trenches and roll around in the mud with you and cry with you. And when you're really ready to say, okay, I'm ready to start feeling differently. Can you help me climb out of these trenches? That's when we say, okay, perfect. Let's hold hands and do it together. <laughs> right, absolutely. And that's when you can really get to down and get to know someone too. Like you said, got to get to their level too. You got to get on their mat. Yeah. What I mean, and that's why there's value in having some sort of mentor or coach because sometimes when you are in it every day, you get too close to the sun and you're blind. You can't see what's like really going on. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's impossible. It's, it's your brain, again, as I said earlier, your brain looks for validation of your beliefs and you will keep finding it. You, whatever you believe, whatever limiting belief is there, your brain will continue to find proof that those beliefs are true, period. And until someone can shed light on those beliefs, until someone from the outside can say, well, actually, I see it from this perspective. How does that feel for you? Oh, actually, I never thought about it like that. Huh, all right. Now we've just cracked the door right. open. New path, yep. So I guess going along with like beliefs, is there anything... You know, rewiring beliefs. As, are there any like practices that you like to go through in order to do so? Yeah, definitely. Um, first and foremost, you have to realize the belief is there. So again, you have to be willing to say, right, this is a pattern that keeps coming up in my life. Say, for example, with money. This is a good example because I think we can all relate to it on one way or another, right? What's the pattern that keeps coming up for you in your life? What does your relationship with money look like? And we can, it, the same thing happens with food or with relationships or with a spiritual connection. Like, what's the pattern here? And once we are aware of the habit, the habitual behavior or the belief that is driving that, well, once we're aware of the habitual behavior, then we can dive into the belief that's driving that behavior. We can say, all right, it's a lot of reverse engineering and, again, getting curious. I will never ask somebody, well, why are you doing that? You know, I never ask somebody a why question, but I'm going to be inquisitive and curious about your whys, you know, like the whys behind your actions. But it's going to be more in a manner of like, so 
what does having that do for you? Right? So what, you know, or what, what does that pattern, how, do, you know, how does that make you feel? Is there something you'd like to change about that? How can we move forward from here? And it really just depends on the circumstances. I mean, and a lot of it is just rewriting that story. You know, we, we live our life from the perspective of one story. And if we're willing to rewrite it, sometimes literally that means like writing new power statements or, you know, reversing that I believe that making money is hard. That was my own personal one. I believe that making money is hard and there's not enough of it to go around. How would I prefer to approach my relationship with money? I willingly receive with ease abundance. I, I am able to live abundantly without having to struggle. You know, creating a new power statement. I am financially well off. I am happy within my current service. I am what? What would you prefer it to be? And literally writing it down. You know, almost faking it till you make it, but it's not faking it. I mean, this is real. Right. <laughs> and plastering it all over the place. Write it on a little sticky note, your new power statement, your preferred way of approaching a relationship or a situation. Write it on your mirror with a, with a Sharpie and put it in your car and on your computer and read it every day and let it digest it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and I think but if you, you do it, you do that kind of stuff enough too, and it becomes it becomes like subconscious too. But you do it consciously, and then you do it enough, and it becomes subconsciously. Subconscious. Well, you just created you've just created a new identity. That's right. what you've done. We work back from habits to beliefs to identity, and when we can create a new identity within ourselves, um, I mean, again, you have to start at the top. You have to start with the physical body. You have to start with the breath before we can go deeper. But once you're, you're able to be willing to surrender, to peel back the layers of the onion, to get to that, how do, I how do I identify with myself and how do I relate to the world around me? It's really what it's all about. And what is my daily experience like based on those beliefs and habits and values? <laughs> right. So are you a big, uh, big believer in daily affirmations then? Yeah, and I think, you know, daily affirmations are something that have more so just become a part of me. And again, it, it, they happen sometimes in the form of mantras um, or if I'm feeling a certain way, if I find that I'm feeling low vibrational and I prefer to raise the vibration of my emotions or my experience, then um, yes, affirmations are really powerful. And, you know, some people take it that even one step further and create manifestation powers from affirmations, you know, like what do you want in your life and if you continue to repeat it what you speak will happen you know how how you act and how you talk is how you will perceive and be perceived you create your reality for sure so whatever you're speaking you know for example a subconscious affirmation even you know i'm not a morning person i'm not a morning person well i'm just not a morning person so how many times do you tell yourself you're not a morning person would you prefer to change that? Yeah, okay, well then let's start changing that and saying, I am a morning person. That's it, I am a morning person. And start repeating that affirmation over and over. And every time you're tempted to say, I'm not a morning person, change the story. I am a morning person. <laughs> and see how that, how that lands and how that affirmation works for you. And again, keep, just keep living it. Keep speaking it out loud. And, yeah. I mean, the examples of it in my life are profound. They're measurable. I mean... I am ready to be uncomfortable was my affirmation. 
I want to travel the world. I will travel the world making money teaching yoga. And it happened. Like, it was, and it happened quickly. Jeff, we talked about The Alchemist in our last talk, you know, the book by Paolo Coelho. When you speak something out to the world, when you say that affirmation, when you set a goal, when you really put it out there, the universe conspires to make it happen for you. And conversely, if you don't believe that, think about all the times where you have held back from saying something or owning it. Like, oh, I'm marketing for my new online course next month. But you're kind of being quiet about it because really you don't believe that it's going to be a success. So you're, you're not really marketing it. You're not really speaking it into life because you know if you do speak it into life, it will be a success. And that will ban all of those limiting beliefs that you have so comfortably lived in for your whole life. But you don't even know you're doing it until right. you know. Yeah, and that's why, to Nick's point too, I think that's why you do need that outside perspective too because, again, it is so easy to get caught up in your daily routines and your just your life and just habits that, you know, it's all becomes subconscious and you don't even know you're doing it. So it's important to, like, you know, if you do want to make a change, you know, not only to act on that change yourself but also, like, speak to someone about it, you know, open up to someone and just let them kind of, like, be your own mirror like you talked about. These are deeply rooted beliefs that formed your identity at – two, four, 10, 14 years old. Right. Like you didn't have much power um, of your immediate family and their beliefs and their values and what they instilled in you at a very young age. So when we can start to say, I'm willing to break that down because I want to change my experience, that's where the power comes in and that's where we can create these new identities. So you're exactly right. It's not your fault. <laughs> like. You're not living life wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. You know, it's, this is not a shameful thing. You don't have to feel guilty about these experiences. And you, know, you don't have to feel like other people. We are so concerned about other people and how they think about us. But really, people don't care. <laughs> people aren't paying attention like we think they are, though. That's the thing. Well, and we, we get so caught up by that and we get so trapped by what we think other people think about us. And really it's like, I'm only thinking about myself. I know you're probably only thinking about yourself, but I'm assuming that you're thinking about what I'm thinking about. Like what? Right, right, right. Like it's like, yeah, it's like you go to the store and people are judging what you're wearing, even though they're not even, they're looking for, they're looking for bananas. They're not even looking at you, you know? And so it's, yeah. it's that subconscious thing though. It's always, like you said, it's just trying to be accepted. And that's the subconscious thing that humans do. It's like we want to be accepted, so we spend so much time doing things that we think are going to get accepted, but the reality is we overlook accepting ourselves. Exactly. And our brains, our egos want to prove ourselves right. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes a lot of work and a lot of commitment and a lot of vulnerability to say, you know what? This might not be right. And I say right, you know, within each person's individual perspective, but maybe. Maybe this isn't right for me anymore, and right. I would like to change that. Maybe there's something on the other side of the hill for me over there. I want to. I want. I want to ask. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say. I want to ask you one more. I want to ask you like a kind of like a, a different question. Like, what what has been like your biggest inspiration in your life? Like external inspiration. I know you've got a lot of internal inspiration, obviously, just through like events and stuff, but. In terms of like an external, and that could be like a positive thing that happened, that could be a negative thing that happened. What, what has been like your biggest inspiration? So I, I think my, my biggest inspiration I think has been a person and that's, that's been my mom. And 
seeing her experience and seeing what what has happened, the events that have unfolded in our lives. And I, I think especially when I started becoming the same age that she was when she experienced these traumatic things and having two young children, losing our home, like, and, and just seeing how, regardless of it all or how she was able to process those emotions, she sh never stopped showing up, ever. She never gave up. She continued to commit, to show up. She gave everything for my brother and I. And then when she was ready, she decided to eventually, when she saw that my brother and I were adults and okay on our own in our own lives, then she continued moving forward and started committing to herself and started taking care of herself, you know, because for a while it was only about us. And then, and then she shifted once we were moved on and out and she started showing up for herself consistently. So yeah, that seeing that process and seeing it from beginning to end and realizing that as long as you just keep showing up that life, life is good. Life is good. For sure. Damn, that shit like literally like made me like tear up. I don't know why. That was oh, that, that was wild. That was, because my mom's my mom's a super big inspiration for me too. So it's like, and my mom constantly fucking shows up. So it's like I get it. Like I was like totally right there with you. That's yes, awesome. You. For sure. I, I think you've literally <laughs> preached what positive input is all about the podcast, and I I think I really appreciate all the info you've given not only Nick and I but everyone that's gonna listen to this too. Right. I mean, I've I've learned a ton just sitting in this conversation. Well, thank you. I, I really hope that there were some valuable nuggets here, and I hope so that much. You know, whoever was listening could maybe take one piece away and it, it help whatever that whatever you may be going through. And yeah, I, I'm happy. You know, I, I'm really active on social media. I'm happy to continue this conversation. My Instagram is the Yogi Yadi. My website is ChelseaHaynesCoaching.com, or you could go to the YogiYadi.com. It forwards to the same website and. I'm, I'm an open book. I'm a totally open book. I'm very interactive. I answer direct messages. Um, so please, if there's anything in here that anybody, you guys or any of the listeners, if there's more conversation to be had or questions, please reach out. I'm, I'm happy to answer whatever I can to the extent that I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we'll make sure we tag all of your uh, social media and your website and the, like the bio and stuff so people can find you. But yeah, I really most certainly appreciate your time. It's highly, 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 highly valuable stuff you've talked about. Well, I honor you guys, and I appreciate what you're doing as well. I see you, <laughs> and I'm, I'm honored to be here. And it's actually funny because I, I think we met because aren't you doing the 365-day challenge too? Then Isn't that how we met on LinkedIn? I am not. Okay, maybe I think not. maybe somebody tagged us in that. Yeah, somehow, okay. That's way. how we got connected in the first place. So I will definitely agree that you're very active on social though, so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I do little, you know, Monday mindset motivation videos. And yeah. I, I try to, you know, again, I, I overflow with abundance. There's there's no holding back. And if, if someone wants to go deeper and, and dive deeper, I'm willing to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. But, you know, there's there's a lot that, there's a lot where the converse, if you're just at the beginning, there's a lot of information that you can begin to absorb and begin to digest and begin to navigate and get curious about. Right. Yeah, just go on her Instagram and just start reading some of her posts and you'll understand. <laughs> that's Thank awesome you so much, guys. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate, appreciate you very it. much Chelsea I appreciate, appreciate you your time on. and I appreciate the value we'll definitely have to do this again yes I'll be launching a podcast soon too so maybe we can switch roles next time hey now sure. we're talking alright sure. that sounds good that sounds good I'll, look, I'll majorly look forward to that 
Yes, I can ask you guys the questions. That sounds <laughs> great. Practice. Love it. I'll look forward to it. Like I said, right on. Cool. Sounds good, Chelsea. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll talk very soon. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, you guys. Pleasure. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for tuning Bye. in.